fantasy player option 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 ladies and gentlemen let's get ready to rumble what up and welcome in in the place to be just snagged a touchdown from the mvp whether home league or standard or ppr we'll give you insights to take you real far but we live to have fun and we do it for the game it's that ground and pound look as we move the chains bringing hype or the ha-has when you're on the go tune in and grab a seat because it's the fpo all right folks welcome into the fpo podcast game show we are back at it again with the usual suspects myself tanner larson 11 kane rob and sam Durrell bff and we have a guest today by the name of marvin you can find him on twitter at ff underscore marvin e he uh he happens to write for these guys named the fantasy footballers you guys ever heard of those folks seems like they have a couple yeah. followers or something uh, yeah i don't I really know, know. <laughs> Maybe by a guy like yeah, I don't I don't even know if I know who those are. <laughs> right, right. So uh, he's got some cred there, some serious cred, and he happens to be a fellow Minnesotan, and he is also an undercover agent for the Packers, just like Kanan. So welcome in Marvin into the FBO game show. What's up, Marvin? Awesome. Hey. Thank you guys so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you guys and talk some football. For sure. Yeah, man. All right. Let's just get right into the first game. So our first game this week is the Blitz. Midway presents NFL Blitz 2000. And uh, it's essentially, if you were listening to last week, it's essentially just a game of games. Maybe you want to call it Gameception. It's just a lightning round of questions that will change format to fit different game shows. And so, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Here we go. Game one. We're starting off hot this week with, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Let's go. And the uh, category is fifth grade history. Oh, God. And this will be a multiple choice question. Here we go. What revolutionary leader wrote the influential common sense in 1776? A, John Locke. B, Abraham Lincoln. C, Thomas Paine. D, John Adams. Do we buzz in or what? No, we're just, I'm going to give you five seconds. Five. Okay. Four, three, two, one. All right, Marvin, let's hear who you got. Who are you, who are you picking? Oh, man. Okay, I'm going to go with C, Thomas Paine. Tanner? It's C. And Kanan? That was my guess as well, so hopefully we're wow, all smarter guys, than the fifth grader. You guys are all yes. smarter than a fifth grader. Good job. That's back Shout to back out. <laughs> That's right. Shout out to Hamilton for that. Uh, for that, I, I learned that from Hamilton the musical. So Gotcha. That's great. I honestly <laughs> didn't know this, so I was hoping that one of you guys wouldn't know it so I could make fun Sammy. of me. But I guess <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the one that's stupid. <laughs> what we've learned is Sam is not smarter than the fifth grader. Yes. There all right, is. we're moving on. Game two. Two truths and a lie. And we're doing Sammy Watkins this time. Uh, and you just have to find the lie. Ready? Option one, believes there are beings that flow in and out of our bodies. I don't know about that call. B, believes in reincarnation. And C, believes in lizard people. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, Cannon, who do you think, or what do you think is the lie? I think it's B. Uh, Tanner, what do you think? I also think it's B. And Marvin, what are you going to go with? That was my guess too, B. 
Uh, it's actually C. Oh, and it's funny because Sammy what? Watkins is known oh, as the kid. Lizard King, yeah. but he doesn't actually believe in lizard people. There's actually a, a greater story behind that. So, uh, yeah. So That's strange. I did not. Yeah, it's know. very Trap. interesting. You guys all got that wrong. All right, ready? Game three is The Price is Right, and we're going to be doing NFL contracts again. And this time, it's Jared Goff. Jared Goff has the sixth highest average yearly salary of all NFL QBs. What is that salary? Uh, Kanan, we're going to have you go first this week. And remember, and you don't want to go over. You just want to guess. No, it's number. average yearly. Yeah, average oh, yearly. Like annual okay. salary. Yep. And you don't want to um, go over. So you're first. I believe it's $34 million a year. Okay, Tanner, what are you going with? I was actually going to guess $33.5 million, so I'm sticking with it. All right, and Marvin? I'm going to go with 32 And the answer is $33.5 million. Let's go! Nice. I know my NFL contracts. Yeah, wow. Guys, I'm not going to lie. I've been very impressed at the first two of Yeah, what a nerd. I've been very impressed with what you guys have been able to do the first two weeks. All right, game number four. Guess that player, and the category is... All-time great wide receivers. And now, folks, we've got a game on our hands. And this is one that you are buzzing in for. And once you buzz in, then you're out for the rest of the round. Clue number one. Played for the Baltimore Ravens. Clue number two. Ranks ranks eighth all-time in receiving yards, but only 28th all-time in touchdowns. Clue number three. Played for 16 seasons. Clue number four was inducted his team's Hall of Fame in 2019. Okay, I might have a guess here. All right, go ahead, Marvin. You said he played for the Baltimore Ravens? Yes. Steve Smith? That is Steve Smith. There we go. Yes! (laughs) That was was awesome. The the last clue was going to be... Uh, caught passes from Cam Newton, Joe Flacco. So you guys definitely would have gotten that once. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. thinking about the Panthers in my head, and I was like, right. yeah, but he wasn't drafted by the Ravens. He just played for them. Right. So, yeah. Yep. There we yep. go. I, All right. And the last game of the week is who's most likely to. And so here we go. Who's most likely to break out in their second year? Jalen Rager or LaVisca Chenault? I'll give you five seconds. Five, four, three, two, one. All right, Tanner, who you got? LaVisca Chenault. Marvin? I'm going to go with Jalen Reger. And Kanan for the tiebreaker. I'm going with my boy LaVisca Chenault. Oh, oh man. <laughs> that means Marvin missed out on a point there. So Kanan uh... and Tanner, nice job. And that is the end of the blitz for the second week. Um, so what, do, what did you guys end up with points for this week? Kanan? I got three. Tanner's got three. Kanan, two. How much? And I Marvin, how much did you have? Okay, let's just let's go through who's most likely to. I want to see what you guys have to say about this, but I'm gonna give Tanner the win for this week just because he won outright before this moment. So let's hear what you got, Marvin. Why did you pick J- Jalen Rager since you uh, were a lone lone wolf on this one? You know, I think it's just a combination of opportunity. I, I liked him a lot coming out of college. Uh, personally, I had him ranked. Um, in my top five, I think I may have even had him ranked top three pre-draft. Um, so I'm still a believer. I think he there's a lot to like about him, and I think opportunity is king in, in certain cases. Now, I know it's Jalen Hurts, and there's some uncertainty there, but I like him a lot going forward. Now, LaVisca with uh, Trevor Lawrence would be pretty appealing, so I, I totally get the 
the flip side of that. Definitely. All right, Cannon, how, what, why did you pick LaVisca? Well, I do like the little appeal of uh, T-Law. You know, it's going to be exciting. <laughs> but I think the biggest thing for me was knowing how Urban Meyer used Curtis Samuel at Ohio State. Um, I mm. think that he could be in a very similar type role where he'll be playing through the air and through it on the ground a little bit. And I think that Urban Meyer will probably get pretty creative with him as a dynamic threat. And I think that that holds more of a ceiling for me as far as in the like red zone area, which holds more touchdown upside. So I think that he might have that bigger upside. Right. And Tanner, what do you got? Yeah, for me, it was pretty much just the fact that Trevor Lawrence is going to be in Jacksonville next year. And that offense is bound to be better, uh, especially through the air next year. Um, so I think that he probably sees a big increase in targets. Gotcha. Well, I guess Tanner won this week. So congratulations, Tanner. Woo! You got lucky. <laughs> I probably would have chose Kanan for the winner of who's most likely to for that. So it would have been kind of a tie, but I'm giving it to Tanner. Yes. Um, well, cool. Yeah, that's the that's that's the blitz for week two. Um, Tanner, you got a question for Marvin here. What do you what do you? So, um, I'm just curious what it's like to work with the fantasy footballers. Uh, I've definitely been a fan of theirs. I kind of took a hiatus from fantasy football for a little while, and they were one of the first podcasts that kind of like reinvigorated my interest for the game. So, what is it like writing for them? It's uh, honestly, it's. it's- it's surreal at times. I mean, I've been writing for them for about six, seven months now, but they're, they're the first podcast I've ever listened to. They're the reason why I love fantasy football so much. Um, and I'm really obsessed with it. It's just the, the fact that they're so entertaining. Um, but they, they know their stuff. So if, you know, they're, they're good guys. I think first and foremost, that's what, uh, that shines out even just interactions I have with them, um, brief interactions with them. They're, they're just good people. And, and it, makes it easy to write for them, especially because of the, the environment and the um, family f- uh, first environment that they have and that you guys see in the podcast and then also just behind the scenes. So um, yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's, that's sweet. I always love to hear when, when people that, you know, have a big platform are also good people too. So love to hear that. Yeah, definitely. I got, I got one more question before we jump into Tanner's game. Uh, so being a Packer fan in Viking land, I know how I feel about this subject, but how do you feel about Brett Favre in general? Like, do you do you feel a little bit like salty that he left us for the Vikings, or is it all like forgiven? Or I guess how how do you stand on Brett Favre overall? You know, I, I there's definitely that. It's not like a, a flawless, um, I guess, opinion of him. Like, of course, it, it's tough to, to have seen him gone to the Vikings and. And, and play there but you know you still have to appreciate kind of what he what he did for Green Bay and what he brought for for many years um I guess I'm not as as salty and, and but I I know there are lifelong Packer fans that I can't claim to be um you know I talked to you guys a little bit like I'm it's yeah. I'm sort of like a Packer fan by association because my wife uh, grew up in Wisconsin her family's from Wisconsin and I know they they're not as happy with Brett Favre, but I just appreciate him first and foremost as a football player. Like I just w- love watching, um, you know, like old games and just seeing him dominate for the Packers. Like it's it's truly amazing. But yeah, you know, it's um, it's not easy knowing that he played for the for the Vikings there. <laughs> well, and he didn't just play for the Vikings; he had he his best out. season with the Vikings. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, I mean, yeah, I could see why that's tough. I, I enjoyed it very much. You know, I was just on a pod talking about the Vikings, and one of my favorite memories as being a Vikings fan was I was at the game when Brett Favre threw that game-winning touchdown to Greg Lewis. You know, it's, it's one of those iconic moments and turning points in that season, the 2009 season for the Vikings. So, yeah, I you know, it's definitely a tough spot for the Packers, for sure. Right, but we Vikings fans will take our great moments we can get them. They're very few oh, and yeah. far between. <laughs> um, so, moving on to guess that player. So, the way that it's going to work this week is I'm going to give you a stat line, okay? So... The way that it's going to work initially is that I'm not even going to tell you what what these numbers mean. So it'll be like um, 126, 1,350, and 8. And that will stand for 127 receptions, 1,368 yards, and 8 touchdowns or something like that, right? So I'm not even going to give you what the stats mean. But your job is to guess the player based on the numbers. So what, uh, what I will say is that these are all offensive stats. Okay, these are either numbers coming from this past season or very memorable seasons of recent memory or just like record breaking sort of seasons. And the main stats that you're going to want to be thinking about is all the big stats that we use. So I'm not going to be going crazy with like, um, you know, elusiveness rating and stuff like that. It's going to be like yards, receptions, carries, touchdowns. We're not robots, Tanner. No, no. (laughs) Uh, And the other thing that I'm going to do too is. If you can't guess it right off the bat, I might throw in a clue of like, okay, this this stat line happened during this year or this stat line, um, you know, I might give you what the actual stats are and you can still guess the player. Right. The other caveat I will cool. say is that these are all season-long stat lines. So we're not looking for individual all games right. season-long. So let's jump right into it. All right. First set of numbers. 127, 1,535, and 8. This stat line happened this last year. And it was a wide receiver who did it. So one... Uh, Sam. Go for it. Tyreek Hill. Not Tyreek Hill. So I'll give you the, the actual numbers now. 127 receptions, 1,535 receiving yards, and eight touchdowns. There aren't that many that got... That hit Kane. that mark. I just can't think I of know. it. <laughs> I was like, this is easy, guys. Come on, Kanan. Let's hear it. Kanan. Is it Steph Diggs? Yes, it's Steph on. Oh, of course, of course. All right, all right. Uh, that was way harder than I what than it should have been. I was like, right, yeah, this should be easy. Uh, all right, next one. 378, 2027, and 17. Think 2020. Have Sam. Uh, I think I heard Marvin first. Derrick Henry? That's Derrick Henry. Yeah. The dude had the quietest 2,000-yard season of all time. My goodness, in this era. Jeez, ridiculous. Crazy. Uh, That was Derrick Henry, correct. All right, moving on to the next year. 5,097 and 50. er, Sam, I almost said Tanner. (laughs) I'm not Tanner. I'm Patrick Mahomes. That is Patrick Mahomes, MVP season, correct. All right. Here's a fun one. I love this one. 5,109, 33, 30. Oh. Marvin. Marvin. Let's James Winston? James Winston. Yeah. <laughs> That's 33 touchdowns, 30 <laughs> interceptions. Love Dude, that stat line. I didn't, know, I didn't know that James Winston went
All right, on to the next year. This one, I will give you the, the year that it happened because this one would be a little obscure if I didn't. So 348, 1,815, 31. And the year that it happened was 2006. Sam. Yep. Ladanian Tomlinson. Ladanian Tomlinson. Let's Sam. <laughs> the all-time record for touchdowns in a season by a non-quarterback. Yeah. 31. Unbelievable, man. All right, moving on to the next year. 4,336, 31, and 10. This stat line happened in 2020. What was the stat line? Yeah, I'll say it again. So this happened in 2020. 4,336, 31, and 10. Kanan. Yep. Justin Herbert. You are correct, Kanan. I, I threw that one in there for you because I was That's like, my boy. I got to give Kanan some love. <laughs> I was like, Kanan should have got, he should have heard those numbers and boom, before he finished. Just I, like, I, bam. It was the 4,336. I was like, that's so close to the rookie passing record. I was like, what is this? <laughs> right, right, yeah. All right, um, next one here. 5,447, 55, 10. Happening. Yep, go ahead, Marvin. Oh, dude. Peyton Manning? That is Peyton Manning. Uh, oh, I think nice. people forget how that much a of an absolute ridiculous quarterback Peyton Manning was. I mean, those 55 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, 5,447 yards. Crazy. Unbelievable. The dude was insane. All right. Nice work, Marvin. Um, so, on to the next year. Uh, 122, 1,964, and 5. Happened in 2012. Sam. Yep. Uh, Calvin Johnson? That is correct. The record-breaking oh. season by Calvin Johnson. Nice I was work, like, I, I, right away, I was like, oh, it's, it's Calvin Johnson. He's had five touchdowns. Like, that does yeah. not seem Dude, right at all. Weird as hell, but he only had five <laughs> touchdowns on the full season. Can you believe that? Yeah. All right, so we are on to the next here. 379, 2105, and 14. The year that it happened was 20, sorry, 1984. Oh man. <laughs> Can you say it again? Yep. Um, so th again, think about like where, what makes sense for these numbers here? Like, you know, so 379, yep. 2105, and 14 happened in 1984. Uh, Sam. Yep, Sam. Eric Dickerson? Eric Dickerson's record-breaking <laughs> season. Sam, well done. you were straight killing this, man. Ooh, I'm right. on fire today. He's got to make up for last week. <laughs> right. Yeah, I got zero <laughs> points in the final game last yeah, week, so I definitely didn't make up for it. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, last one of the game. We got 88, 1,407. Sam. Yep. Go for it. Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Oh. Had to get some Vikings love in there, as always. I was going to say, I was waiting for the Vikings one. <laughs> yeah, we got, I, as soon as he said those numbers, my here comes the Vikings fandom coming through. Yeah, that's right. So just to tally up here, one, two, three, four, five. Sam with five. He wins the round. Nice work, Sam. Whoop, whoop. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
<laughs> Sam, that was uh, some serious redemption from last week. Well oh, needed yeah. after a, a big well old needed. zero on the scoreboard. Especially after Kanan decided he was going to throw me under the bus at the beginning of the episode and be like, this is why we have Sam here, because he sucks. Was I wrong <laughs> last <rude>. episode? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it did, did kind of come true, it so did. I, I'll it, give you that. It, it was definitely a prophecy, but the weird thing was before that, it wasn't necessarily true, and then all of a sudden, boom, you're just yeah, like, couldn't answer a single question. So... Marvin, we kind of asked you this beforehand, but and we kind of mentioned it. So you're from Minnesota, and you currently live in Minnesota, but you're a Packers fan. Mm-hmm. How did you become a Packers fan, and what is it? I don't know. What is it like being a Packers fan living in Minnesota? Great. Oh, uh, it, it, exactly. <laughs> like a sarcastic great. It's <laughs> no, I. So I'm a Packers fan because of uh, my wife and and her family, um, and. Um, they're, they're originally from the Onalaska area there in Wisconsin. And then that's why um, when we got married, you know, I tell people this all the time. Part of our vows was that I had to be a Packers fan. So I just oh had to happen. Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. Sarcastically. But they were like, you know, if you're going to support a football team, it better be the Packers. So I've been a Packers fan ever since. And, um, and uh, you know, it's it, it's not too bad right now because we're all working from home. At least my, my day job is. So, um I don't have to see people when the the Vikings win and the Packers lose, but when I, we were in the office, it was painful, especially when the the Vikings won. Like I would hear it all day right. because they're all Vikings fans, right. and right. Uh, yeah, you just got to deal with it because I get right. to give them uh, give them some uh, I'll give them a hard time when the Packers win too. Right. So. Um, so I'm curious. I know that you're not originally from Minnesota. In fact, you grew up in a different country. Um, how long have you been a, a football fan? Was it once you moved over here? Um, or how long has that been going on? Uh, so it's been about like 2011. Um, that's when, uh, you know, um, I think that's when around my, the time my wife and I started dating then. And that's when I got introduced to football and really fell in love with it. Um, then I talked to you guys a little bit about this that just, you know, started uh, to get into fantasy football with friends and everything like that in college. And um then found a podcast and, and that kind of just spiraled everything where I just fell in love with fantasy football and um, ever since and just have been listening to that, you know, just consuming as much information as possible and then now writing. Right, right. So, so that's 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 a crazy story. And I just I'm just interested now. So you said you're from Austria, right? Like that's where you mm-hmm. grew up. Um, yeah. Is can you find football games on TV anywhere in Austria or not? <laughs> They, they do have it more now. Okay. Back then, no, they didn't. It wasn't as big then, but now like the the whole, you know, especially with, with games being in Europe now too as well, it's, right. it's been a bigger right. deal there um, as of the last couple of years. Um, so it's definitely growing. Um, but if, you know, like 10 years ago, if you asked someone, they'd probably think <laughs> of football as soccer. And <laughs> sure. right. right. All right. So before we jump into the third and final game, I know Marvin brings heavy hitting stats and he just brings you the information you need so i just need to know marvin who is one guy that is completely overlooked right now there's so much hype with new rookies coming in and you know all these startup drafts getting ready to go and happen what's one player that you're just like he is not getting amped up enough and you need to start picking him up yeah so i might actually go with a rookie here one guy that i've been digging into a lot more and that i really really like um is Elijah Moore out of Ole Miss. Um, So he's a rookie that I think is kind of slightly overlooked because of how good the top five of this class are. And, you know, that might vary for some people, but I think Elijah Moore has just has a really intriguing, just holistic profile where he 
Um, he didn't break out his freshman year, but that's because he played again, um, you know, alongside two guys named AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. So that's they're understandable. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're <laughs> all right. Um, but then when you look at what he did after that, like his best season, um, he was just the focal point of the offense. I think he accounted for, you know, well over 30% of the receiving yards market share, dominating near 30%. Um, and when you just look at um, what he did on a per-game basis after, the, you know, DK Metcalf and AJ Brown left, he was just the guy and broke out really early, sustained that all the way until the end of his college career. And now he's being, I, I believe he'll have a day two draft capital, early day two. Um, I don't know if he'll sneak then into the first round, but um, he's someone in the second round rookie drafts who I'm going to try to target. I'm even fine reaching for him, um, but I know his ADP is like in the lower second round right now, mid to second round. I'd be, I'd honestly take him in the early um, second, maybe even late first, depending on landing spots. So that's wow. how much I like him. Facts. All in. Facts All in on right Elijah there. Moore. <laughs> I'm always yeah. loving to hear about rookies because I, that's my one area where I know nothing about. I love playing Dynasty, but mm-hmm. I, I do like last minute research. So always Tana's like, I'm just going to let, I'm just going to let everyone else do the work and then I'll read up quick for the <laughs> exactly. draft and I'll just yes. beat everybody else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's not a bad strategy. Right. So. You heard it there. Draft Elijah Moore. Uh, check out Marvin on Twitter and make sure you're getting all of that content ahead of time. But we're going to jump into this final game and it's called Make Your Case. Now, I don't know if you guys, when you're growing up, played like King of the Hill or maybe in basketball, you'd play like Make It, Take It. Uh-huh. But we've got that kind of theme in this game. I'm going to give I'm you scared. all a topic <laughs> and you are only going to be able to be on one side of this topic. Only two people will go per topic. Now, let me take it a step back and make it really easy. So, for example, I will say Marvin, who is our guest, will get to go first. I will say the topic and he will get to pick his side. And then one of you will be a challenger and you have to take the opposite side in this case. And you each (laughs) will have about 30 seconds to plead your case and I will decide a winner. The winner gets to stay and the next person who did not participate in that round is the new challenger and we will continue until all topics are down so essentially whoever stays the longest will have the most points and therefore win the game now what you guys i gave you the topics ahead of time there were seven topics but what you don't know is i have two secret topics as well and i'm not going to go in order so (laughs) we can uh have a little bit of fun with this one, but we'll go with topic number one. <laughs> Marvin, you will have the first shot at it. And the topic is, who would you rather have at quarterback in fantasy football? Sam Darnold, if he was on the 49ers, or Jimmy Garoppolo, if he was on the Patriots? Now, I'll let you, since this is the first round, choose which opponent you want to take on. Ooh. And they will have <laughs> to do the opposite case. <laughs> uh, let's, let's go with Sam. Marvin, you have the floor to pick your side, and then I will start the timer once you start talking. Okay, so I will go with Sam Darnold to the 49ers. Um, I just believe that if, if he were to go there, it's a tremendous upgrade for, to a supporting cast with Kittle, Ayu, Debo Samuel. Um, Shannon will get the best out of him. And a fun stat that I found is that uh, Darnold is actually the QB5 in clean pocket completion percentage last season. Why wasn't he good? It's because the Jets ranked 29th in adjusted sack rate with 8.1%. 49ers were on the other side of that spectrum at ninth. So if, if he were to go to that team, he'll have a clean pocket. I believe they'll make things simple for him, and he will thrive in that fancy-friendly Shanahan offense. Um, and there you go. That's my case. 
All right, Sam, let's hear it for Jimmy G. Well, guess what? Your case was weak. <laughs> I'm going with Jimmy G on the Patriots. Uh, honestly, though, I do think that the obvious answer is probably Sam Darnold. But the more I thought about this, I think a reunion with the the, tre- the team that drafted him might actually be a really good fit. I mean, Sam Darnold really hasn't shown anything in the NFL, and I know that he's been on a bad team. But we've at least seen some flashes with Jimmy Garoppolo for uh, multiple game stretches and also a full season Back in 2018, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo finished finished as the QB 14. So I just, you know, I think Jimmy G would be a solid option in New England. I think you both put up a valiant effort. I think that both of you can come harder next time. But I'm going to give this one to Marvin. With no. the adjusted sack rate number just took it for me. So, you yeah, know what, I thought, Marvin I thought gets if I was a up here. I thought if I was aggressive enough and to start off that you just ignore Marvin, but you know, it, didn't work out. it was tempting. It was tempting. All right. So we're moving on to topic number two. Marvin got point number one. Topic number two will be um, which wide receiver is more like or most likely to enter into the wide receiver one territory in fantasy football this season. Or I guess it doesn't have to be this season. In general, to enter the wide receiver one territory in fantasy football. T. Higgins or Chase Claypool? Since Marvin won round one, he gets to pick his side first. And feel free to jump in. All right, I got to go with my guy T. Higgins. Sweet T, right? Isn't that what you call him? Um, Yeah. He's the unquestioned wide receiver one for this offense. Claypool, we're not even sure. I mean, he could be behind Deontay Johnson. We're not really sure what's going to happen there. But from week three onward, when he got started level snaps up until Joe Burrow's injury, he was the wide receiver eight in receiving yards, wide receiver 12 in yards after the catch, wide receiver 12 in PPR points per game, just absolute stud. And he was, even after that, the QB 11 in dominant rating. So regardless, he was the guy, no matter who was under center, he was the guy that was thrown to. And plus this team's just growing with all the caps they have, the, the draft capital. I just think they're going to build around T. Higgins and he'll be a stud and a wide receiver one for years to come. All right, Tanner, let's hear Chase Claypool. So I think that Chase Claypool had a great starting season that looks very promising. But what we need to remember, too, is that Ben Roethlisberger was a hot pile of garbage when throwing downfield last season. And Chase Claypool suffered mightily because of that. And Chase Claypool will be a dominant threat downfield as soon as he has someone who is worth anything throwing down the field to him. I think we're going to see his numbers spike greatly. Deontay Johnson, yes, he's still there. He will take away targets. There's no doubt. Deontay Johnson is legitimate. But Chase Claypool is as well. They can both coexist and be wide receiver ones there. I really do believe that. It's just a matter of that offense changing. If you watch the Steelers, they had the fastest time from snap to throw out of anyone in the NFL. That's not going to bode well for a guy like Chase Claypool, who is a down-the-field guy. And I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers, because their offense was so stagnant down the down the stretch, they realize that they're going to have to change that. It will change. Chase Claypool is going to spike. So, I don't know if this is my bias coming in or not, but towards the end of his explanation, Tanner did win me over. Let's Whoa, go, Tanner, on wow. this one. It was a close one. But Tanner got the dub on that, so we will move to topic three, where he will face Sam. Let's go. And this top... Fight me. This topic (laughs) will be more likely to have a long-term success in fantasy football, J.K. Dobbins or Cam Akers. 
Mm, Tanner, man. you get your choice first. Okay. And the floor this is, so is tough. yours. I think that it is J.K. Dobbins, and for a couple of reasons. One, the the standout is that J.K. Dobbins was far more efficient when playing uh, than Cam Akers was at any point during the season last year. Yes, Cam Akers was a workhorse down the stretch. That's all fine and good, and I think that is great for his outlook. But as soon as the Ravens start committing to giving Dobbins the ball consistently, I think we're just going to see some ridiculous stuff happen from the guy. And on top of that, he has a mobile quarterback in the backfield. I think that always bolts well for um, a running back's efficiency. Yes, Lamar Jackson will take away touchdowns, and he's going to rush the ball too. But that doesn't mean that the running back isn't going to eat too. He will. And I think that we've already seen that from Baltimore. You look at the running backs, they're productive. It's just a matter of committing to Dobbins and not spreading the ball out between the running backs. All right, Sam. All right. You know, this hurts me to, to go with Cam Akers that I have to do this. But I'm also happy that you chose J.K. Dobbins because as much as I love J.K. Dobbins, I do think Cam Akers might be the better long-term asset. And here's why. I'm just concerned about J.K. Dobbins and his role in the offense going forward. They just put a second-round tenor in Gus Edwards, and there's been discussions of them trying to extend Gus Edwards. And so, you know, J.K. Dobbins is really good in his rookie year, but maybe that doesn't really, you know, doesn't get that much larger, and Gus Edwards plays a bigger role. Akers down the stretch absolutely exploded in the playoffs and was showed that he was capable of taking on a full workload. And so I think long-term, he's a safe bet to play longer than J.K. Dobbins and be more relevant just because he, he has the, he'll have the volume there. Oof. This is a tough one. I think that the winner is Sam with the Gus Edwards pull oh. of the point right there. <laughs> yes. So we're going to give it I'm, to him. Sam I'm pulls awful the sometimes point. at speaking, but I'm glad, he, I'm glad he gave that to me. <laughs> All right, so this next one. Uh, you're going to have both Tanner and I dis- determining who's going to get the point because I just really don't want biases to play in here. Oh, so boy. the next topic is most likely to win the NFC in 2020, NFC North in 2021, Packers or Vikings. Now, Sam, since you won, you get to choose your team. I think we know where you're going with this one, but the floor is yours. I want to see Marvin argue for the Vikings, so I'm going with the Packers. Yeah. No. So, here's why I, here's why I think the Packers are going to win the NFC North next year. And I think it's pretty simple. I mean, the Packers were one of the favorites, if not the favorite, from the NFC to make the Super Bowl in 2020. And I don't really think this team is going to change much. Aaron Rodgers looked as good as he ever has. The Lions suck. The Bears suck. And the Vikings clearly showed that they had many problems at many points on the roster that are that like I just don't know if it's going to work out for the Vikings this next year a lot is going to have to go right for them to compete with the Packers and so I'm going to go with the Packers all right Marvin the floor is yours to defend the Vikings I'm not gonna lie I was I was worried this was gonna happen and I definitely have more notes on the Packers than the Vikings <laughs> but this should be fun this should be fun all right all right so the Vikings um I definitely think, you know, they, they didn't play as well as they would have liked last season, but there's a lot to like about that offense specifically. You have Cousins, Thielen, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook. In my opinion, they have the edge of wide receiver at running back and tight end, in my opinion, with Irv Smith now being the lead tight end, most likely going forward. Um, 
and also in my opinion, Cousins is severely underrated. Um, he's the QB form completion percentage over expected per next gen stats. That is something that uh, he just makes throws and he's a lot more efficient than people think. He just doesn't get the, the, the recognition to be honest. And as it pains me to say that, but he is really good. Um, and, and really it's, it's just that defense. You know, they ranked um, in the bottom, I think bottom four in, in points allowed. They just need to restock on that defense, add to that cornerback position a little bit, um, and just revitalize that that identity that they had with defense first, run run first offense, and, and they'll be right back. They're contending for that NFC North, sadly. <laughs> I love the Cousins love. Yes. <laughs> I love it. All right, Tanner. Love to hear it. Yep. I think I know who I'm giving my my vote on this one, but uh, what do you, what are you leaning? I I, I just want to say Marvin because I love hearing people talk good things about cousins. I have to. I'm sorry. I didn't even listen to the rest. I just got so happy when I heard that. <laughs> it it pains my soul, but I think I'm also giving Marvin the point, wow. even though he had to talk oh. up the enemy. So yep. Marvin wins well, that one, and we're moving on to round five. Now, round five is going to be one of the random topics that none of you have seen or heard of. And that topic is condiments that go better on any types of food, hot sauce or ranch. Marvin, since you won, you get to choose your topic first. This is is tougher than any question so far. I'm going to have to go with ranch. I think ranch just fits with all kinds of all kinds of foods. You can go with salad. You can put it on pizza. Um, you know, it it just it it's got more of a neutral profile, taste profile. You don't have to. You know, some people don't really like hot sauce. Like, why would you feed them something they don't want? It's ranch. You can do that. That's just you know, it's it's pretty neutral. You can uh, put it on all kinds of stuff, and it, it tastes good. It's just it good with chicken strips and you can even dip fries in it it's in my opinion the the i don't know top five top three condiment in my opinion oh um, yeah and i'm i'm just scrambling over here until the 30 seconds are over but just just believe me just believe me ranch uh, ranch is the one you want yeah I, I love that that was so gold that was so gold okay all right so, um or is it tanner it's me it's, yeah, it's tanner so, so, well uh well hot sauce may not have the obvious versatility of say ranch or the neutrality of it that's also hot sauce's strength that it does provide that extra bit of flavor. So when I'm adding a condiment onto my food, I want it to change the game, right? It's like sometimes I wanna eat my fries plain or sometimes I want that zing, right? So that's what hot sauce provides. It actually changes the flavor, it changes that palate a little bit. And it's, it is surprising versatility. Throw on your eggs once in a while, you know? Maybe even throw it on your salad. I don't know, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> all right uh i am i am every bit happy and satisfied with this this random round but i'm giving the point for tanner yes especially for the word zing the zing did it for you hot sauce sauce on the salad that's right (laughs) it's a spicy salad that's right yeah why not right yeah yeah okay but also like hot sauce is like a part of like entire cultures, so that's why I would go with hot true. sauce too. That is mm-hmm. true, yeah. <clears throat> Alright, All right, we're moving on to the next topic and this should be a good one. Alright, so it is if starting, 
who is the most likely to bounce back into sustained success? Jameis Winston or Jared Goff? All right. Tanner, you get to choose first. I already got mine. It's Jared Goff. And the reason why is because Jameis Winston has never had sustained success. So it's really quite that simple. But um, I'll talk a little bit more about that. Yes, uh, Jameis Winston has had flashy seasons from a fantasy perspective. But he's never put his team in a position to win. He always turns the ball over too much. And those stats are so, so important to winning. They're not to fantasy, so we forget about that. But they are for winning. And Jared Goff, yes, he looks horrible at football, especially last year sometimes. Um, But he did put his team in a position to win. He got his team to the Super Bowl and needed that by limiting turnovers and making the throws, the simple throws that he needed to make. Got got the ball to the playmakers, let the team run the ball, and he's not going to put the ball on the other team's hands. So it's really quite that simple. All right, Sam, the floor is yours for Jameis Winston. <laughs> and here's why you're wa- wrong, Tanner, because I'm, I'm talking about LASIK Jameis, baby. <laughs> I love LASIK Jameis, baby. <laughs> And honestly, here's how I see it. I think it's, for me, it's James Winston. And I think it comes down to just the upside and physical tools and attributes that James Winston has that Jared Goff just doesn't. The and physical tools, that really... big old beer belly. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> <clears throat> hey, quit taking time, okay? I, I only have 30 seconds. I, I've, I've added a couple five and seconds. Thank you. To you. Uh, <laughs> and I think people are worried that like Jared Goff was more of a product of Sean McVay than of what... Jared Goff really looks like in the NFL because I think a lot of people view Sean McVay as this like, you know, quarterback whisperer. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I just think if if and when Jameis Winston lands on a team, we're gonna see him improve in some of his things. He got to sit behind Drew Brees for a year. Hopefully, he's been able to learn some better decision decision making and he takes down his turnovers. Give me LASIK James, baby. So this was a tight one. You know, you brought up my boy. Sean McVay and it helped you out but the reason you won is LASIK Jameis. Oh, LASIK yeah. Jameis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Sam takes this round and uh, Sam your next topic I don't know how this one's going to go but it should be fun is the next <laughs> random topic the oh, final no. <laughs> random topic now it is the best cartoon squad backing you in a fight so if you're in like an all-out brawl and you get to pick one of these two cartoon squads to be your backup to fight against the other squad, which one are you choosing? And your options are the Justice League or the Z Fighters. Sam, you have the floor. Marvin, this is, you will have this the This is rebuttal. literally so obvious to me, and it's obviously the Z Fighters. Like I've been a fan of Dragon Ball Z for so long. And look, I get the Justice League, you know, they they have superpowers and all these other things. But like when we're talking about Dragon Ball Z, we're literally talking about like Goku and Dragon Ball Super. It's literally fighting gods and, and, and surpassing them. And I just like, I just don't think this is even close. I mean, the powers of Dragon Ball Z, I think, come from a different, uh, are just in a whole nother realm than the Z, fi- or not the Z fighters, but the Justice League. I mean, like, can you imagine Batman trying trying to fight uh, a character that can literally destroy a planet with some ball of energy like that? There's no freaking way. Like, good good night, Batman. See ya. Oh god. <laughs> All right, Marvin, the floor is yours. Good luck. 
All right, so we're gonna first of all we're gonna bench Batman. We're not even gonna have him fighting, right? We we have is, you mentioned yes. a couple gods here, right? So we do have a couple gods on the team. We have Wonder Woman, who's essentially a, what a demigod, a god. She she's amazing. She's not just really strong. She's also really fast. Just great overall fighter. You have Superman, who's honestly strongest guy alive, man. It doesn't even matter. What are the Dragon Ball Z fighters anyways? They just change their hair color. They're just really strong. <laughs> what, what, what does that even do? I mean, honestly. But then you also have the Flash, super quick, can distract the Z fighters, honestly. And from the behind, you have Green Lantern, you have Superman coming from behind. I mean, it's just, it is a holistic team right there. I mean, that's that's who you want fighting on your side. And not a bunch of guys who just turned, you know, from, was it, darker hair to, to blonde hair. I mean, come on now. What, what? I'm offended. Come on. I'm offended. Just FYI, I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan, so this just... <laughs> 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 all right um man on, i'm gonna i'm gonna have to go with my gut on this one although i think you made a very very strong case marvin i think sam won that one <laughs> yeah and the, the the point the point that got it for me was his ending quip yes. where he said destroying planets good luck with that <laughs> I feel like I feel like Goku is like the most wholesome person out there. You know, we're talking about wholesome teams here. Like Goku, like it's like the best dad. He's the best fighter. He's the best everything. So I don't want the best guy to give you a pat on the back, Sam. We need people to defend you. Okay, so don't yeah. don't make me take your point away right now. I'm okay? Sorry. <laughs> All right. So next topic, we got three left, or I believe two left. Two left. So the next one is, should the Falcons draft a quarterback at the fourth overall pick? Yes or no? Ta uh, Sam, yep. which and I'm side are you Tanner. on? Yep. I'm going to go with no, and here's why. I am definitely still a believer in Matt Ryan. I understand that he is getting up there in age, but I mean, what, he's 35, 36 years old? I still think he has a few more elite years left in him. He just threw this past year for 4,580 yards and 26 touchdowns. And this was what we are considering a down year for Matt Ryan. So if anything, I would use that fourth pick to maybe trade back to a team that really wants a quarterback to hopefully get some pieces and picks that can help you fill out the roster and make a push. I mean, they still have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley like that offense could be can still be very explosive you know especially if drew Brees is is, is retiring it's just gonna be they just have to get through tom brady and you know tom brady it's hard to bet against tom brady but you know i think they don't take a quarterback at four i'm actually glad that you left yes as the option for me because and this might surprise canon because i am also a matt ryan believer but the thing that for some reason, GMs in the NFL have still not picked up on after all these years is that quarterback is a thousand times more valuable than any other position. And in this draft, we have at least three, if not four or five, by the experts' analysis, quarterbacks that are top-tier elite guys. After, yes, you're going to have Fields and Lawrence go, but I, I love Lance, and I also love Wilson. I think those are both top-tier guys. And if you can get one of those guys at four, which I think they will, obviously they will be able to get one of them, um, then I think that you at least take the guy, you bring him into camp, and if he shows out and is like, holy shit, this guy is franchise material, then congratulations, you have your next franchise guy. And if not, guess what? His value will not go down after training camp. Somebody will still want to offer um, for either Trey Lance or Zach Wilson 
after training camp or after a full season. All right. So I actually thought I was going to lean towards favor of Matt Ryan on this one, but Tanner convinced me that I was right. They should draft a quarterback. So yes. Tanner also, gets the point on Tanner, this one. Tanner, I don't believe you for a second that you actually think that. Here, I actually do. And it's literally all that I talked about. It's so weird to me why teams do not take a stud quarterback literally any yeah. chance they get. Unless, even if you have Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, draft him and then trade him. Because his value will not go down after the draft if he's just yeah. sitting on the bench in training camp. You can still trade him after. Why not bring him into camp, see what he can do? He might surprise you. He might turn into that franchise guy, and you can get him on a cheap deal, and you can get rid of Matt Ryan, right? It's not saying it's that... Just, it's just it's funny because Tanner and Kanan argued for like 20 minutes yes. on an episode about <laughs> if Matt Ryan was washed or not. So, yes. And Tanner was not on the side. I was Matt excited for this washed. question. <laughs> I'm still excited for that $100 in the future. But um, anyways, we're going to move on to round nine, which is the final question. Although I do have a tiebreaker if necessary. All right. So the question is, who is more likely to bust? Which rookie quarterback is more likely to bust? Mac Jones or Trey Lance? Tanner, you get your topic first. All right, I'm going to pick Mac Jones is more likely to bust. And mostly it's because I freaking love Trey Lance so much, and I hope to God the Vikings can draft him. Because the dude, as a freshman, didn't throw an interception for a full season. Are you freaking kidding me? Like, I understand he's not playing against FBS teams every single week, week in, week out. But still, not a single interception for a full season as a freshman. His decision-making, even against bad defenses, still has to be so high for that to happen. And I love that he's just decision-making already there. He was super accurate as well. Um, and the rushing ability, of course, is just phenomenal. And it's not even that I don't like the, the guy from Bama, but I just don't think that he has the upside that Trey Lance is, so I'd rather go with Trey Lance as my QB. All right, and Marvin. All right, so I know Lance is probably the more polarizing polarizing player with his rushing floor, um, but I also believe while he has the higher upside, he also has the lower floor, in my opinion. And we didn't really see all too much from him in 2020, but in 2019, yeah, he had a great season, but it was against lesser competition. We saw a lot, about, lot from Matt Jones last last year, and what did he do? 4,500 passing yards, 41 touchdowns to only four interceptions, fifth highest adjusted passing yards per attempt in CFP history, set the completion rate uh, record in CFP history 77.4. I mean, he was just outstanding. Navigates the pocket really well. Um, outstanding timing with his throws, just very cerebral. You can see the football IQ just oozing out of him. And I think that's what some of these middle round teams, they'll get a gem in him, in my opinion. And they'll build around him, give him, uh, you know, if he lands in Washington, have Terry McLaurin and all that cap space. They're gonna build around him. And I believe that he's just really accurate. He might not have the rushing floor because I think he averaged like two yards per game or something like that. It's not its not impressive at all compared to Lance. He's a zero in the run game. Exactly, but he is a pocket passer. He's so accurate. He's going to be good for a long time in the NFL. All right, this was tough, uh, but I think I'm going to give it to Marvin on this one. And I'm going to quickly add up these. I've been keeping track of who's got the points really quick. <laughs> All right, I the results are in. 
Do we have a three-way tie between no all way. three of no oh you? So, so here we go. I have one question. You each get to make a case. All right. So the question is, and Marvin won the last one, so he gets to choose this topic first. The question is, if you had to allow the this podcasting group to draft your entire team and you don't get any say, but you have to run with that team for the year, who are you going to let draft it? The fantasy footballers or Matthew Barry and the ESPN fantasy football mm. gang? Oh, man. <laughs> uh, that's a tough one. Okay, so I will go. Uh, I got to go with the fantasy footballers. I mean, I got to. I write you for them. Keep I that job. them. Oh, I, I got to. Yeah, I definitely want to keep that one. So I got to go with the fantasy footballers. I think they, you know, they, they they've shown that they're they obviously have the, the experience with it with now with the dynasty pass and everything that they're coming together. They're I know they they seem like a, a redraft uh, podcast, but they're one hundred percent dynasty in the background as well. And in regardless of what it is, dynasty redraft, I definitely think that they they will draft the team that I want. I know they're they're. Um, uh, they're all proponents of running back heavy, which is my my big my big thing. And qu- late quarterback, I'm all about that. Um, and uh, you know, I just I just trust uh, Jason, especially with his food takes. He's got good draft takes as well, so I'm all about that. And I'm 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 just gonna let them draft and, and not even worry about it. All right, Sam, I'll go to you next. Wait, so now I I have to argue for. I feel like uh, you Matthew have Barry. to take Matthew Berry, and then Tanner can have his choice. Uh, I like that. That's that's All just right. mean. All right, <laughs> but honestly, like, I'm gonna I I have to argue for Matthew Berry, but also I think you know when it comes to that crew over at, at ESPN, I think the fantasy footballers have become like very much like the new hot topic kind of thing where it's like you know they're they're re- very refreshing and they have a lot of great takes, but like they've been the ESPN crew crew has been around for a long time and. I know that people don't really love the stuff that they, they do sometimes, at least when it comes to their entertainment stuff. But like, I know for a fact that Matthew Barry is very good at fantasy football, and so like, I would just trust that they have a great process over there. And I'm, yeah, I would go with them. All right, Tanner, choose your crew and try to get the final point. Um, I would have to take the fantasy footballers, and I think it has a lot to do with I uh, the process that they that they do to. Uh, sorry, I can't talk, but uh, the process that goes into choosing the rankings and the results speak for themselves. They're, they're perennially one of the most accurate redraft rankings out of any rankings anywhere officially. I think they've, they've won that award several times actually for having the most mm-hmm. accurate uh, redraft rankings out of any podcast or show or website anywhere. I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And they do that every single year or close to that. Um, so I love the research they put in and the results they get from it is, is it's unquestionable. They just get the job done. Can I just, can uh, I argue for Roto Underworld? <laughs> no. <laughs> Drum roll, please. I'm giving that final point to Tanner. Yes. Tanner pulled it out for the yes. final point. Right I won there. two games today. Let's go. I'm on fire. That convinced me. That was a good one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was good. I definitely see a, a few of them up there every time. So. Right, like I'm, I'm looking right here. This past year, Robert Waziak. Yeah, um, yeah. At, at five, you have Jason at eleven and Andy at thirteen. I mean, 
Unreal, right. dude. Out of out of all these writers out there, that's that's crazy, and they do that every single year. And what's unreal is that we got one of those oh, yeah. writers <laughs> with us here tonight. Yes. Thank you so much, Marvin, yeah, for coming on the fun. pod and playing some game show games with us. But before we let you go, we do want to give you the floor and let the people know where they can find your writing, where they can find you on Twitter, and make sure that they're getting that good. Yeah. Info. First of all, thank you guys so much for having me. This was super fun. Definitely refreshing uh, to just play some game shows and just have fun. So thank you guys so much um as far as my work you guys can find it on twitter go gets on there eventually at ff underscore marvin e um, but you can find um some of my prospect prof- profiles that i'm working on right now on the fantasy footballers um also gotta give a shout out to dynasty nerds who I, I do video content for them as well and my rankings for dynasty can be found there as well um but regardless everything gets on twitter you guys can always interact with me just dm me any questions i always love talking about football so um yeah thank you guys again for sure. Love to have you. All right. Man. And that's going to wrap it for this episode of the FPO podcast. Make sure to tune in next week and have a good one. Peace. See Bye. Ya.